conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. My New Year's resolution is to keep being me. The year may be 2020, but my eyes still have astigmatism. Wait, I don't understand this. <laughs> Astigmatism's like an eyesight. Oh my god, thing. I thought you were doing stigmata. And no. I was like, happy holidays. <laughs> oh you guys. 
do I need to redo it? Or is that I told you it was really dumb. I told no, you it was so it. dumb. I love it, I love it, I love it. Um you guys, it's Andy's girls. It's episode 139 and the last episode ever. Just kidding. Of 2019. Oh my god. Oh my god, happy new year. Happy new year. And I'm so excited to be joined by none other than a new guest on the People's People's Couch, but my BravoCon bestie, which we'll get to, none other than the co-host of the very fabulous and very sassy podcast, Come Through Queen. It's Brendan Davis. Thank you for having me. Brendan Davis. So first off, I had been recommended, no wait, you had been recommended to me to come on AG by a couple people who watch and are like high key obsessed with come through queen so oh, cool I'm so excited you're here and then we met at BravoCon. how did this even happen i think what happened yeah tell was, me tell me the history i was kind of we were hanging in the press section i was kind of hanging with lewis peitzman oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was that god awful beverly hills panel that was just such a bore that was the worst panel of BravoCon. Yeah, it just by was far so the so worst. so so boring. So a bunch of us, I think, afterwards were walking to another producer's panel together, and we kind of just like oh, yeah, stuck that's together because we needed support right. after that panel. <laughs> Which, P.S. The more I'm hearing all these like reports that there's going to be some sort of craziness that happens with like Rena and Denise. Did right. you see that whole thing that yeah. Rena posted on Denise's Instagram? That's like, where were you? I didn't see you at the filming, which is obviously her announcing to everybody that she's like being super shady and that Denise is fucked up in some way. Right. The more I see that. And then I see, um, Brandy Glanville's I got Denise bullshit that she's <laughs> doing for attention. Cause she's like lonely in life. Yes. Um, uh, the more I'm like, that probably explains why there was so much kind of like emptiness. Just like shallow, surface level. Yeah, like non like a non-participation trophy to every member of Beverly Hills who was on that stage. Right. And I wonder if a part of that was because people were pissed at Denise or because Denise was over it or because... Maybe they felt the energy that there were a lot of like LVP stands in right. the crowd or maybe like a combination of everything. What do you think? Yeah, I think that could be it. I just also with Beverly Hills, I feel like every year we get all of this, all of these news stories about like drama that's happening. Then once it airs, it's like, where's the drama? What Like what? I mean, the drama that was real obviously was the beginning of Puppy Gate mm -hmm. because such a huge part of that plot line was in fact the cast members like access to tabloids and tabloids right. as like the imaginary um extra you know personality on beverly hills mm -hmm. but with this stuff yeah it feels i think we're gonna get a nothing burger and the thing that concerns me is the fact that camille said publicly that she hadn't been asked back which i thought was very strange if they were gonna bring back everybody again this year which i thought was a horrible move right um and then the fact that she was like, oh, yeah, P.S., they've asked me now, so um, I'll see y'all next year. That's not that's not a great sign to me that shit's going down. It's There's like, how many housewives are going to be holding diamonds with the right. two new women, and then all of the former housewives are back in some capacity? Yeah, Camille is a friend of. Brandy, I thought, was just going to be a straight cameo, but it sounds like she's filming more lot, than that. Yeah. So I don't know how they're going to use her. I don't think she'll be an official friend of, but I think that she will be used. In the mix. 
I mean, sometimes when they have a lot of women, it works out great. Like Roni season seven, iconic. There was like mm. 20 housewives. Yeah, there was in like that. 37 and yeah. a half housewives. And it was gr- perfect. perfect. Yeah. But I mean, with Beverly Hills. Eh. Oh, God, it's going to be it's here's the thing. Here's the problem that I'm facing. We've got some highs and some lows that we want to talk about. And right. I want to talk about highs and lows for the year as a whole, because this is a special holiday slash New Year's Eve themed episode. My favorite thing to do is just to say out loud that an episode is themed. And there we are. Yes, here we are. Um, but it's I feel so much appreciation to br- listen. I know that there are complicated situations that are happening on camera and off camera and we'll get to them. That's the mm-hmm. whole point of AG. But I have so much appreciation for the joy and the loveliness that has been the last three episodes of the Orange County Reunion. All three parts I thought were great. I rewatched part two and three today. I just watched the clips again um, when you got here, just to, like refresh right. my brain. I've seen part three five or six times mm-hmm. since it came out. Wild. Which I, it, it was just so wonderful that I feel amped up. Mm-hmm. And so I have some nervous energy because to me, the trailer from Pump Rolls did not look great. And Beverly Hills, I don't think is strong. And I think if we get any kind of fight for um, uh, Rinna versus Denise, it's going to happen around the finale or it might even happen confrontation style at the reunion itself, which means we have to suffer through like 18 or 19 episodes before we get to that point. Like that's not a great indicator to me. And I want to, I want the energy to keep rising. Like we're going to put Dallas aside for now because I'm pretending it's not (laughs) happening. AKA I am one of the millions of people who watches like every franchise, but Dallas, even though, you know, I do, but like I'm making a joke about the fact that nobody watches Mm -hmm. because I feel like they need to be buried right now. But putting Dallas aside, I think Orange, County was so strong and Atlanta's always really consistent and we're hearing so much about what's happening with the Potomac production and then it's like wait a second are we going to take a step back with Beverly Hills or is 2020 going to keep moving us forward for Beverly Hills it always feels like they give us a boring season and then it's like an exciting reunion like last reunion was super exciting with Camille running off and like tearing off her dress before that we had like wait you thought last reunion was exciting I can't let that go I thought it had its exciting moments more than that okay. actual I'll give season that to you. I'll did. give that to you in the generous, generous spirit that and I have I mean, for the holidays, but I don't know. We also heard about things that happened that reunion that didn't air, allegedly. Which is so, which we'll get to. That is so weird to me that they aired <clears throat> the Leanne's storyline, which I guess they had to because they had nothing else, and that was, in fact, a part of the story, plus what Vicky said on the reunion, which I think deserved right. to be aired, and then didn't include what everyone heard about what Camille, Camille said, said which was something along the lines of like being like a white victim that's right. not verbatim that is completely a summarized version but it was something having to do with race and in, in oh and she answered it in a way that was like completely um inappropriate and inaccurate it feels like bravo protects beverly hills in general from like what's really happening like why Dorit's, do you think that is yeah I tell me know. about oh Dorit's well, bankruptcy Dorit, stuff um mauricio and the agency stuff mm-hmm, that was happening mm-hmm, like we mm-hmm. hear about all these things but it's never aired on the show and they're the only ones who get like the benefit of the protection for some reason and I don't get why it is more than and I was gonna say like does that happen in New York but no (laughs) New Jersey obviously the best part of New Jersey if you think about it has been what has been going on IRL and it's not something that they can escape although Tree and Joe certainly tried to the first couple seasons um yeah why do we think that is it because I don't think it's because of 
the power that like Kyle had as the person that brought everyone together right. because it's been too long for that. And I think even she would acknowledge the importance of having drama on the show. I don't know why that is. And it could, it's not like it's the production company because they're the same production company as OC and Vanderpump rules. So it's like, I don't know why it is. I don't know. I mean, Bravo the, mysteries. The, the most recent production company is new to Beverly Hills, right? Isn't it one that like just started or what didn't it change in the past season or two? I, I thought, thought that it's... was part of the craziness with LVP was that it was like new people that weren't protecting her like people um, from, you know, previous seasons. Oh, I thought it's always consistently been evolution, which evolution does OC Vanderpump rules and they're, doing salt lake city too oh okay so maybe talk about diversity so maybe <laughs> um maybe it's just like different people there i thought yeah. that there was some sort of behind the scenes changeover yeah i it must be something but i don't know there's a weirdness there that i still it's like the greatest bravo mystery to me but you know talk about protecting people look at what they did with um nini last season and almost either what is either a protection or punishment for her this season where we never saw the actual footage and you know mm-hmm. that there was fucking footage um, right. behind the scenes. They can't say it's for liability reasons because they showed us what what they had at least of Darby, of mm-hmm. Michael Darby. So why aren't we see, why didn't we see exactly what she did in that closet? I honestly have no idea. And why is she a cameo right now? Like this whole thing, it's (laughs) there's some strange protective choices that seem very housewife specific that I agree with you are more universal on Beverly Hills, but certainly Mm -hmm. exist on other franchises. And I wonder for, uh, to some extent, if that's doing a disservice to the franchises like health and the happiness of viewers. And I juxtapose that with Orange County, which went out of its way to bury Vicki Gumbelson and in such a wonderful chef's kiss Mm. kind of way. And I feel like we just need to talk about it because I have some really, you know, we do a segment on this show called Satchels of Gold, which in honor of Her Holiness Kelly Clore and Ben mm-hmm. Simone, which are questions, thoughts, feedback from AG listeners. And I have um, a couple that are like L- LSAT level, fantastic, like if only Shane listened to these questions submitted by listeners, he might actually pass the bar. Right. Like lucky time number four. <laughs> but there are questions relating to like, why are we supporting and celebrating these women when they do and, and say things that are really problematic? And to me, I understand that concern and I want to get your thoughts, especially because, you know, this whole Vicky Mishagas is high in everyone's mind. But I also wonder if, the fact that they are showing these people's ugliness, prejudices, um, you know, uh, uh, mean, cruel mm-hmm. feelings. And because they're including that in the show, regardless of whether there's pushback from castmates and from Andy, which in an ideal world there would be, isn't it helpful to air that? Because I feel like the universal reaction to her has been like, go fuck yourself. Like, this is terrible. So, in some way, is it helpful to include it so that we can at least see this person's like completely blind, inappropriate mm-hmm. ugliness come to light? What do you think? I think that there has been a change at Bravo for some of this stuff because okay, I feel me. like certain people have said awful things for years. Like there's an example that was going around Twitter a little while ago of Tamra several years ago 
referring to Eddie as like a slur and like laughing about it. Oh, and because it, he's of Mexican descent. Right? Yeah. And it being kind of washed over and nobody ever confronted her at a reunion or anything like that. I feel like there's a kind of new attitude among like Andy and like Bravo that like maybe we need to hold these people accountable for their awful actions, which is it was very interesting to watch Vicky at the reunion because to Vicky, I think she thinks that there are rules that she can play by to go up to the line and then without crossing it and still come across as like the Vicky that she has come across as for years. Like the way that she yelled at Andy when she sat down at the couch. Oh my God. And then the moment that they said, so good. we're rolling, she like was all smiles. Yeah. And she didn't expect them to Include use it. that footage of her yelling. I mean, one of the best moments of any reunion ever of all time is the fact that we saw Vicky use her weird low voice when she's like trying to imitate Bronwyn. And she's saying all of the ugliest fucking craziest shit to her executive assistant, Steve Lodge. And she turns and you see the rage and anger. Like I would say horror, but it, it supersedes that like complete angry, oily, gassy kind of right unbel- periodic table of elements hatred toward the camera person and it's like essentially go fuck yourself and slams the door that was one of the most sublime deeply beautiful moments i've ever seen of any reunion because she thought she was protected i know my biggest fear growing up was um chucky like the doll oh, okay got it. and there's a moment when the chucky doll makes that exact same face that was my biggest fear as a child and vicky gunvalson managed <laughs> to reenact that face in a way that oh i never God. i was literally brought back to being a five-year-old and seeing chucky oh my god well forget about a pig emoji let's just get that <laughs> fucking doll on kelly's phone and call it a day yeah i think this reunion was kind of like a mat a editing and producer masterclass of them deciding no we're not going to play Vicky's game anymore and we are going to show her who is the boss and Andy introducing her as Jane Rowe brilliant was so good that my body went into shock and I was like he didn't just say that like I honestly didn't it took Mm. time for me to process and that's when I knew we were about to see like beautiful music be played yeah because he started off by being like you are going to be held to account and the Mm -hmm. fact that he kept telling her as both almost a warning to her but of course not really as well as um an introduction to the editors at every moment that like we're about to play a montage for you like you are saying things that are factually incorrect and you're doing it as a cast member of a reality show that has hours and hours of tapes to back it up. Like they could go to unseen footage if they didn't have actual footage. But of course, as we all know, they did. So it was, it was like Vicky was trying to gay shame, slut shame, I guess in general, marriage shame, Mm -hmm. um, real versus fake shame Bronwyn because she's angry that she has been seen as someone who uh, doesn't deserve the kind of grace that th- she thinks she's um, has the right to have, if that makes any sense. Right. Like she has been with the show for 15 years or in 14 season, and she deserves to be treated in a certain way unrelated to how she actually behaves. And Vicky operates in a way where, Nothing matters. The past doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. All that matters is what she has said to Steve and what he has said to her about conservative values 
morality. She's a grandmother and women don't fight. Women should get along. And this show is about women just being chill and godly and being a grandparent or parent or wife or whatever else, which is diametrically opposed to the core value of the show, which is about life beyond the pearly gates. Mm -hmm. It is the exact opposite regardless of whether or not you're taking off your fucking top and like mounting someone on camera. Mm -hmm. It's about exactly the opposite of what she's saying, which is the fact that no matter what you say or no matter the kind of economic um, uh, level that you come from, that there is more than that and that money and power or whatever else don't mean it that doesn't mean happiness and that there's a lot of crazy shit that goes on and obviously it's risen to a totally different level and has kind of mutated from how it once was Orange County season one but she herself should know better but the reason that I kind of fell in love with her lunacy during this react re, um, during this reunion cycle was because she just doesn't care. Like right. she truly does like a true sociopath believes has no empathy, no true empathy for everyone, anyone else and believes her own bullshit to a T, which was completely, completely opposed to the actual reality of the situation, empathy, sympathy for the other people on the couch. And the fact that, you can't just say things and let them be. That's not how the world works. But because of her trying to prove that she is a certain way to her fiance, which I really think has a huge factor in this, because she's upset that Bronwyn comes into the picture and she mm. knows that Bronwyn was a fan, which right. P.S. is the next generation of Housewives, Hello. guys. This is a huge part of fucking mm. our society and of entertainment. So you're going to have these people like Jackie and other people who shouldn't be punished for being a human person watching this show and then coming on. In fact, it should be something that I would think would be celebrated. Right. So she says about Bronwyn because she's upset that she's a friend of and she's upset that a fucking fan is replacing her and guess what sweetie that's what's happening right we Bron have three parts of, of showing that that's what's happening Bronwyn represents the future without Vicky and that Drives freaks her, her out and her saying over and over again I she's saying to the executive producer I created the show I created the show I'm not a fan I'm mm. not a friend sweetie you are that is quite literally what you are according to your contract and you know this so her being escorted off and being told like your car's here as in it's time to, to go. go now honey you're gonna go to church with Steve and like pray to the gods that time number four is the one for keeps like or whatever is it for one with two oh I count Brooks as a marriage but it's a partnership basically a marriage wedding number three whatever is the one like off to the pasture you go mm -hmm. like I'm not going to compare you to a pig I'll compare you to a beautiful retired racehorse right. you have done so much there have been so many you know when you faked cancer huge highlight for Orange County when you faked you know not knowing that Brooks had cancer rather city of nope like there are things that you did that were great for the franchise, but but it looks like it's coming to a close now. Do we think, do you think that it's over for Vicky? Bravo's summary. You know how Bravo does like the summary of what's going to happen on each episode? The right. summary of the episode for part two was Andy something something farewell to Vicky. That is wild. It's done. I think we can have a conversation of should <laughs> she be back, but if she does, it's going to be, God, God forbid she's going to be keyed out. Out, but I think she's going to be keyed out. She's mm -hmm. going to make a Keo cameo with a K and and that's all there is. I think the more 
important question is what do we do with Tamra? But I think Vicky's gone. I think she played herself out. I can't think of a better farewell than the one that she gave us on top of the non-apology where she tried to gaslight viewers on Instagram by putting up this crazy video mm. and not and disabling comments and being like, I'm not a homophobic. I'm not a homophobe because I have like gay relatives, which what the fuck? It's not right. it's that is the cla- that is the classic actually that's the classic try to use that as an excuse for anything. Like when people are racist and they're like i have a black friend i mean leanne did it like leanne and dallas did it i had sex with mexicans but she said it about somebody who's like colombian like not at all it's crazy yeah i mean and the proof is on screen i've never heard vicky share her disgust of her best friend tamra literally fucking her husband in a bathtub on camera which happened several years ago like it's only because bronwyn is making out with women it's not even that it's that Bronwyn is actually identifying as somebody who is remote uh, romantically interested in women because when Tamara does it it's with the oh I'm just a girl who's kissing a girl it's not that she's actually interested in like sexually interested or romantically interested in women I think that's the difference for Vicky and Vicky is binary with a capital B and that B doesn't yes. stand for bisexual so 1, she's 000%. like pick a lane the lane is you like women mm. or you or you like men and it can be only that and nothing else and P.S. I hate you regardless so if you say you only like men I'm going to try to bury you for that and if you mm-hmm. say you only like women I'm going to try to bury you for that and it just so happens that my values that I've just created in the last 15 seconds of saying I have values which is how Vicky lives her best moral life right is based in homophobia Mm -hmm. like she would be saying this i think about it just so happens that this taps into um her own kind of inner demons i don't know it it, it's a lose-lose for her because it is homophobic like what she said is homophobic like why why are you saying here's the problem with like apologizing and this is a whole fucking issue that i have a goddamn fucking leon lockin oh i'm hot and spicy today um is that leon lockin's like i didn't i didn't in her weird misspelled apology was saying like i didn't have any ill intent no, bitch. Like you have start over. Someone hire an actual crisis communications strategist who can say and help coach you through the route to maybe not losing your job, which includes some honesty. I was being cruel. I said something without thinking. Here are the organizations that I'm donating one of my, right. you know, um, Dallas checks to. Um, and I can only be better, which is showing you you know, like my actual behavior, whether or not I'm on this show. Instead, we're pretending and living in this facade of like what I said doesn't um, count because I'm trying to take it back right now by like either saying that you didn't actually watch what you actually watched or saying that like I didn't say it in the way I said it for the reasons that I said it. Right. And I mean, it obviously was ill intent. You were trying to take down somebody regardless. Like, please. And Vicky's response is like, um, you didn't see it. That didn't actually happen. I didn't mean it in that way. And um, Uncle Steve likes girls. Like what? Or likes guys. Yeah. And I noticed Shannon Bedore liked that Instagram video. Which broke my fucking heart. Shannon Bedore, I stand for Shan. She has had a bad season because she aligned herself with Vicky and Tamara because she's trying to be a better friend to them than they would ever be to her. Mm-hmm. And because 
<sighs> Kelly did some stupid shit with reaching out to fucking Jim Bellino, which she shouldn't have. Let's not right. pretend she should have done it and not pretend that that's funny. But because of that, it gave her an excuse to channel her rage and align herself with yesterday's news. I know she needs to learn quick and align herself with like Gina or Bronwyn or someone real quick because Shannon can be Shannon can be great Fun when she's Shannon. not connected to yes. the quote unquote Trace Amigas yeah. which is cringy in itself yeah also known as like Abuelas and Amoebas but I don't really right. like when people use nicknames because I never think they're as funny as like they're people not. think they are they're but not. like god bless um, only when frickin frack is Mm-hmm. for either uh Portia and Phaedra or Ramona and Sonia yeah I do like and I, I like I like um Ramona too yeah. so just like let me go fuck myself <laughs> um so Vicky stay or go go with some cameos that's yeah. fine uh Tamara stay or go 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 entirely go entirely I why don't, I think that she is way too it's like she's acting basically like she's so calculated and she spends half her time acting on the show like when she let vicky know that kelly said that she would go to her funeral before she ever went to her birthday party and then she was like oop i didn't mean to say that when it's like come on you're the most calculated person on the show um she's we need people who have producers' minds. Like we need like a Bethany to like steer the ship and a Kenya. Yeah, but it's not good when um, Tamara's doing it because it's just she's not good at it, in my opinion. Shannon, stay or go? Stay. Here's the thing about Shannon. Forget everything that I just said about how. Well, no, no, don't forget it. Just just keep it in your back pocket about the fact that she made a bad strategic decision. Because here's where it pays off. Next season, when Vicky and Tamara are gone, and Shannon has to stand on her own two feet. Mm-hmm. She's happy. Shannon. She's in her happy relationship with John, who's very attractive and who I definitely want to see on camera, mm-hmm. albeit not in a tub. Because I am. Ugh. They have um, a thousand kids between them too. I know they have like seventeen. I think they have like six kids. So yeah. It's like a cute little Bador Brady bunch, which I'm very into. And he's really into the Brady bunch these days. Yes, he is. He yes. had them on Watch What Happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep her and see what the fuck happens when it's Shannon that has <clears throat> to go up either against Kelly or search deep down and figure out can she forgive Kelly or what. I mean, the interesting thing to me at the BravoCon. Orange County panel was like, A, it wasn't super interesting, but B was the fact that she truly, the way she was looking at Kelly, Shannon, for better or worse, holds herself to a higher moral standard. She does it in a way way more successfully than Vicky does. Mm -hmm. Um, And so watching her look at Kelly and truly having so much anger and frustration, probably at Kelly as well as the audience being like, why are you guys celebrating this? I could never get away with the stuff that Kelly gets away with. Let's put them together in a battle next season and see what happens because my guess is that they can end up finding each other again. I agree with that. And Tamara and Vicky are currently a block to watching that happens because Shannon is not acting like an individual. Yeah. And I genuinely, (laughs) this is dumb, but I really want to see Shannon happy and she's almost there. And I feel like if she loses the show, she's not going to be as happy. She needs somewhere like she needs to sell that Cream salmon cheese, salmon stuffed somewhere. cream cheese. Yeah. I stand for Shan. It doesn't mean she's the best housewife that's existed. And it doesn't mean, mm. listen, here's a lesson that I have learned in my adult life, one of four. 
loving someone means telling them when they've fucked up. And right. Shannon has not had a great couple seasons. Mm-hmm. And if you really love someone and they like give you like mm, the giggles and your tum tum or whatever, then you need to be able to tell them when they've made a mistake and let them know that there's like a path to righteousness. Right. And that path to righteousness does not involve the Trace Amigas. It doesn't involve the Trace Amigas. It does, though, involve Shannon being real to herself. And if she really is angry at Kelly and she really does feel that, like, I don't want to say elitist because I feel like that is um, too, too like, critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sure, if she does feel like that kind of elitist energy, which I love because I think that's really interesting um, and, like, kind of old school money-ish, which I'm, like, very into – then have it then say that openly to Kelly like we're in an interesting spot I think right now they really truly do dislike each other I think Shannon's is more easily triggered than Kelly's right um and Kelly is obviously more explosive and combative than Shannon they speak two different two totally different languages like let's watch that pan out next season so when people are like the Trace Amigas have to go the Trace Amigas have to go I get that but I think it's two-thirds I think you're exactly right like leave Shannon there and see what happens and we've seen so many different aspects to Shannon and a lot of them have been heightened because of toxic relationships obviously David and that whole um you know meltdown at Lizzie's um beachside party Mm -hmm. and the meltdown at um Heather Dubrow's with like please leave um that was magical that was was her first season which is wild right yeah she had a really bad first season but like a really iconic first season although it was iconic because in many ways she was fed like gaslighting non-truths by Tamara so what happens to the show when we don't have Tamara doing that work even if it feels like it's stale and ineffective Tamara will sacrifice anyone in any relationship in her life Mm -hmm. for tv to keep getting that check so who's filling that vacuum and are we relying a lot of that are we relying a lot on like kelly's explosiveness right that's another thing that bugs me about Tamara is like go hang out with your children like your one child is not talking to you because of the show wouldn't you as a parent i've never been a parent but like if i were a parent i'd be cancel the show immediately you know um what's the name of her daughter that's sydney sydney like, they still aren't speaking, right? Well, she said during the reunion, he was like, how's everything? And she's like, it's good. I don't want to talk about it. Right. Which is fine, except then don't surprise Spencer if I'm, like, agreeing with your argument, which, of mm-hmm. course, I am. Then don't surprise Spencer by having him film with Ryan, which he wasn't aware of on camera. Right. Like, that's not great to Not me. great at all. Though that was such an interesting conversation. That that was an interesting part of Tamara to see her two kids on like different political sides and have her pretend that she didn't vote for Trump, I think was great. And also, um uh have Ryan turn on her. Uh, no, sorry, have Spencer turn on her and her be like, What the fuck are you doing? This is supposed to be about you guys fighting. I'm right. not supposed to be involved. Right. Um which she tried to cover on an episode of the after show, but that's where we are. Emily and Emily, I was going to say Emily and Shane, which is probably right. Yeah. Emily and Shane in or out in, I think we're seeing a new great part of Emily. Um, in a lot of ways, I think we're also seeing that her relationship with Shane is a lot more complicated than we realized. And I think Shane got a little bit of a redemption in that, um, in that reunion episode. So yeah, I thought he was actually like really well-spoken. Yeah. So I w- want to see more. And P.S., 
going now to Gina, one of the shadiest moments that happened in all three parts was when Andy was like, hey, Gina, remember on Watch What Happens when you said there were structural foundational issues with um, Emily and Shane's marriage? And Gina was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ignore the fact that I said like structural foundation, like big issues and just (laughs) do like a sidebar (laughs) tangential, like accessory shitty thing that happened off camera in confidence. And I'm going to like bat my eyes and say, oh, I didn't plan on saying that, which Sure, she may not have planned on saying it, but she did think to herself, let me say this out loud, as she did. I know. I They kind of did her dirty, but I loved watching it. It was wonderful. Yeah. And Gina, I would say, stay. Totally stay. We have more to see with her. And obviously, Gina and Emily love each other, blah, blah, blah. But the question is not, do you love each other? The question is, like, do you like her right now? Right. And their fighting in Arizona was one of my favorite moments of the season because it felt very raw, very real. They both are like hurt people, hurt people, but they weren't really trying to hurt each other, but they were angry at each other because mm-hmm. they both needed support that they weren't getting from their spouses. And so they look at a, as a substitute to their close friend. These shows are always stronger, I think, when the relationships are real, when the friendships are real, which is why the stakes fr- are high. The we stakes need are high. Stakes. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm sorry, but watching Vicky and Kelly fight, though, it like makes for a good few scenes. It's just, why are they even hanging out on the same vacation? It's what doesn't make sense. Well, that was also the interesting to me, interesting thing to the interesting thing to me during the reunion when Kelly's like, I wish the best for you, which I felt like was an honest, mature moment. And Vicky's like trying to drop some tears. Right. Like, I think Kelly actually had a moment. And listen, Kelly is as Kelly does. Kelly's going to kill. So she's always going to be explosive. She's always going to say something shitty in return because she acts from a place without a filter, without thinking. And she says her brother started that rumor. You know, they are similar people. He said that she pushed her mom down the stairs whether or not that was whether or not that's real it's because he was doing it to hurt her in the worst way he could imagine and she carries a lot of that kind of energy without throughout her in her life Um, obviously it's happening in her family and it happens on the show too so you kind of have to understand that that is not necessarily going to change Mm -hmm. although I feel like she has grown a lot since she first started and there is a different level of emotional maturity although that will probably not that probably isn't going to lead to like her completely changing but I think she's a little bit more self-aware than she was when she first started yeah a little bit a little but she gets herself caught in all sorts of different different situations but I love it yeah and I feel like because she's being celebrated so heavily right Mm -hmm. now on social and she's aware of the amount of people who are supporting her this season especially more than other seasons I'm curious to see how that will help or hurt her next season because sometimes people go way overboard and Mm -hmm. then it becomes like a mutant once again or maybe that will lead to something positive right right. I mean who's to say yeah we'll see What was interesting to me was the most hurtful moment to me that felt kind of crazy. And I want to get your thoughts was Tamara's not hurtful, but the most like unpleasant and yet kind of interesting to me thing to me was when Gina was talking about this horrible moment of domestic um, abuse and assault of her fucking husband ringing a neighbor's uh, she's ringing a neighbor's doorbell and he physically dragged Mm -hmm. her back in and there were eight, according to Emily, eight different calls to 911. That sounds like a, an incredibly, incredibly scary, dangerous moment. And fucking Tamra, Barney Judge's response 
to Gina is not, I'm so sorry. It's not, I feel for you. It's not, oh my God, thank God you're alive. Mm -hmm. It is, how long is he going? Is that a felony? Right. And how long is he going to be in jail? Right. Because Tamara doesn't care about people. Like, how could you, how could that be your first question? Someone yelled at her, not yelled at her, but told her like to comfort Gina in the moment. Kelly did. And it was so awkward to see her like try to reach her hands and like put it around Gina. Like yeah. so unnatural for her to do something like that, which is so funny. You're totally right. I, I just think that Tamara doesn't have much of a feeling bone in her body or a heart. And it's everything. So calculated um, as far as her existence goes, you know what I mean? Like it's, she just like doesn't lead with heart at all. And it might have, she might have heard the story before. I'm sure she has because Gina's mm. become very close with um, Tamara and Shannon. P.S. Another reason why Shannon should be back right. um, and why Gina's like super important. But regardless of that, I mean, it felt very Gina Keogh of her when, and Tamara got very, very upset at Gina Keogh when Gina was like, what if this means that Simon had to like spend the night in jail and he got arrested mm-hmm. and crazy for like throwing a dog leash on you or whatever. And Tamara was response was like, I had to do this so that he knew it wasn't okay. And so that there was like a record of it. Meanwhile, fuck, poor fucking Gina being dr- physically dragged when right. she's like, it is so scary to me. And I don't think I, if I knew that detail, I had completely forgotten it. But to hear that and then your response be like, how is he going to be punished? What's that level of punishment? And he's going to go to jail for that long. My instinctive reaction to that was that she was in her heart instinctively being like, wow, that's a long time for this. When my response would be, thank God you're alive. Right. And he deserves whatever he gets because he's fucking guilty. Right. Allegedly. <laughs> he's like, guilty. Tamra's thought process was leaning towards like victim blaming or wanting to protect the abuser in like right. some weird, bizarre way. And that could be connected to her past relationships. That could right. be connected to what she went through with Simon, but it doesn't mean it's okay. Right. It doesn't mean it's okay. Exactly. And I feel like we need to need to acknowledge it because it was a weird moment. And I was very happy. If we're going to talk about shit getting, um, uh, included on camera I was very happy that that moment got included because I felt like it was so weird and so warped to me and mm-hmm. listeners like reach out if I maybe I'm completely in the wrong but my instinct when that happened was like this is weird this is a weird turn yeah it didn't jump out to me when I first watched but now that you mention it and explain it I'm totally with you that makes sense and that's such a weird thing to ask the first it's a weird first question to ask. And yet not out of character. Right. Which is why I sort of believe my instincts on it. And it might be something that she herself, if we're going to talk about her being hyper aware of producing, I don't think that she was aware of how it came across in the right. moment. Like I'll give her that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it does still give us some insight. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. know. I don't trust Bravo to make the right decision with her though. You know, in what way I feel like they're going to keep her. I just like, I didn't going into the reunion, but seeing part three of the reunion and after Vicky left, it was just Tamara and Andy sitting together on the Mm -hmm. couch Mm -hmm. and they were kind of, and he was kind of being like real with Tamara being like, wow, that was insane. That was yeah, and asking her if it was, if Vicky's recollections were accurate or if it was as crazy as it was. So I feel like Andy has a soft spot for Tamara and he's going to keep her around or try to use his power. 
Yeah, I I don't know that she's going to be cut entirely, but I would certainly believe that her job is in jeopardy right mm-hmm. now. I just like, I like that now in 2019 and going to 2020, the rules are all out the window. Like we all thought that Victoria Gunvalson would be in our lives forever and ever and ever. And now no one's safe, which I love. No one is safe. If I was, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. If I was Lanethia motherfucking leaks, I would be watching that show or maybe watching, I don't <clears> know, <throat> her show and seeing how the energy changes when she walks into a room right. and the fact that she, the show has gone on without her. If I was any OG right now, if I was fucking Ramona, mm-hmm. you know, if I was Luann, if maybe Teresa, although for whatever reason she's been considered necessary because of like the family shit, I would be watching this stuff and being very, very scared. Yeah. I mean, we had two big OGs leave. One of their own volition. Yeah. One is being fired as we speak. I guess three if you're including um, LVP. Oh, wait. Who was your other one? I was thinking of LVP. Bethany. But I guess she oh, left yeah, and came yeah. back. So. Yeah. I don't think of her as an OG in the sense that she has left the show before. So right. obviously she's an OG. But the show has got, has shown that it's gone on without her. Mm-hmm. And what Vicky's argument is that it can't because she was there. Yeah. Um, Bronwyn, I would keep. but Oh, yeah. I forgot about Bronwyn. But yeah, yeah. Bronwyn, I would keep. But... Um, I do agree with people who think that she's a little like acting for the camera as well, like putting on too much. I think she's high energy and she's excited to be there. I'm not interested in seeing her mom on camera anymore. Um, I There is nothing I can add to that <laughs> that I am comfortable saying on camera. <laughs> on camera. Yeah, there's a camera here. Um, I... The only thing that I'm going to say to that is that when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Right. And um, I have experienced, not in any way that I'm going to share on social media or really, frankly, in detailed uh, on the pod. But, you know, I shared a story when I was in Mexico of a couple run-ins with Dr. Deb and it got picked up by a lot of different places. And... um, I would say that she is probably not in a great frame of mind to Dr. Deb to be featured on this show, which she herself has acknowledged. Apparently I've now blocked her on all of my social media, but she has, I guess, shared that. Um, I did not realize when I was saying, mentioning her that that, story that I think I saw somewhere else. Came yeah, that from came you. from me. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, um, that is all I'm going to say, because I frankly, this is the here's the I've had this conversation with um, uh, some like uh, other Bravo pod people recently mm-hmm. and and people who are uh, like who cover the Bravo world, um, which is like, don't get too close to like, don't feed the animals. Right. Like there are certain folks who maybe are considered Bravo influencers or whatever who have decided that it's their goal primarily to like befriend these people and I've always thought that's kind of a dangerous path for me personally I no matter what interactions I've had with the Bravo world I'm always going to be honest because that's I'm a Bravo fan first and foremost Mm -hmm. but I would say be very careful about you know like it's less about like don't meet your idol and more about like I think that we should all just remember that like these are shows at the end of the day you know like it's okay to like go to drinks with some of these people but you know I I don't think being friends with them or whatever is first on your list and sometimes some of these people are not a hundred percent some of these people are not well yeah like super not well I've never had any interest in being close I did go to drinks with Leanne Locken once though tell me everything it was so 
a friend's mom knows her from Dallas. Okay. So I've been to Watch What Happens Live with her twice. Um, then we got replaced by other people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the second time we like went out to drinks afterwards with her, like the guy who ended up being her wedding planner. Steve. Yeah. And his husband. Very vocal on social. Okay. Yeah. And I will say in the moment, Leanne came across as like, perfectly normal yeah she's very friendly in person yeah it was very friendly in person the episode she was on was with kelly dodd how long ago was this it was like it must have been late 2017 okay like october 2017 yeah probably. that would be a very good pairing at the time yeah. yeah and she like kelly dodd's people wanted to go out all together and leanne didn't leanne was like scared and we like called rich from the car to the bar and like wished him a happy birthday wait why was she scared she like Kelly was hanging out with like people that she had met like the night before at like oh, okay, the it, standard it. and yeah. it was like they wanted to like <laughs> they wanted to party I think they wanted to party and it was like a school night but yeah she came across perfectly normal to me and then you never know what you're gonna get <laughs> well if we're gonna talk about those LSAT <clears throat> satchels um here's one from Dean in Dallas which guys P.S. some people like apologize when they get in touch with me and they're like so sorry to bother you guys I die to hear from you like feel free like that's what IG is for at mm-hmm. Dean Galley Twitter at Sarah Galley I love to hear from you guys and I feel like the whole point of Andy's girls is really like understanding people's different connections with the show and their mm-hmm. responses and their feels. And so you came to the the right place. It's a big home here at AG. <laughs> um, okay. So here is a satchel of gold from Dean in Dallas. Hi, Sarah. Really enjoyed your discussion last week with Leah regarding Leanne's unforgivable and egregious racist comments on the current season of Dallas. It got me thinking of something I hope you might address in a future episode. I know we agree with Leanne's that with that Leanne's comments are unsettling and inappropriate and she should face consequences for her behavior. But I would be very interested to hear your views on the erratic and uneven way the Bravo community, which I define as Bravo as well as all viewers and fans punishes Bravo celebrities for their racist, transphobic, homophobic remarks to cite a few examples. The plot line involving Eddie's sexuality on orange County always bothered me to use sexual identity as a means of ridicule was always unsettling to me. And yet Victoria Gumvelson paid no obvious price for her actions. I don't know about that, Dean from Dallas, but mm. Atlanta has had many problematic homophobic and transphobic comments over the years. Nini's girls and gays party really bothered me as the implication was, of course, that gay men are fashionable accessories for heterosexual women. Kenya's comments about Kim were also problematic to me. I'm paraphrasing here, but remember when she said something like, why do you have such a hard on for me? Didn't they cut it off during your reassignment surgery? I was absolutely sickened by that comment and think any trans person having their reality as a point of ridicule is beyond disgusting. Of course, there are many more examples, but for the sake of brevity, brevity, am I even allowed to say that at this point? Haha, ha, I'll stop there. My main point is just this. There seems to be an unfortunate culture among the Bravo community of sometimes not holding Bravo celebrities accountable for their poor words, poor thoughts, and poor behaviors. I'd love to hear your thoughts on all of this as I find our reactions as viewers to all of this very interesting i think that's very interesting and something that i was kind of getting at i think it's changing in some ways i think bravo liberties have gotten away with a lot of stuff in the past but like with the vicky stuff and the leanne stuff 
people, fans and Bravo seem to be holding them to more accountable than in the past. But I don't think that it's like an even keeled thing. I don't think they're I don't think people yeah, are I don't being think, right. held accountable like in the same way across the board. I also will say if you attend BravoCon, you kind of get an insight into what a lot of the Bravo viewers, the demographic is and how they are. And I was kind of surprised. Did I tell you I heard someone say something like super racist in line to the bar? No. Do I want to know what they said? It was I like, can get really upset. I don't, I don't like giving it a lot of air. Anyways, I heard someone say something super racist to a bartender at BravoCon, basically. And it was like a very, ins- it was an insight into kind of the crowd at What did they say? They, as long as it doesn't use any uh, inappropriate language. No. Um, I think the guy's name was Angelo. And the person behind me said something like, Rapido Angelo. And the guy, the bartender was like. I don't like, get it. Like, imp- like, I think saying that he was Mexican or something like that. And oh. the bartender was like, I'm fuck? actually Italian. Like, but I just had, I just was like, oh, wow, this is like. Using, using any kind of like Spanish, whatever as derogatory. Right. And I felt like the people we ran into at like Lou's show, <laughs> it, a lot of those people aren't going to be holding um, the stars accountable necessarily. I think there's like two different groups of Housewives fans, if that makes sense. Hmm. I mean, to respond to the Leanne and Vicky stuff, I don't know. We don't know enough right now to know that they're not being held to account. Mm-hmm. But it seems relatively likely that Vicky won't be back. And it seems pretty likely that Leanne won't either. I agree. I think Leanne has gone too far. And and part of what helped get the show a second season the ugliness and darkness and explosiveness has helped bury her it helped get this job for her Mm -hmm. and now it's that same energy is taking it away and every single time that i've heard andy mention it when he talks about a watch happens live he talks about how despicable the comments are how like awful the comments are how they talked about it for apparently 90 90 minutes minutes. during the reunion Mm -hmm. so i agree with you i think he if he's a driving force here he doesn't want to have much to do with her after this and i would also say that if i was a dallas cast member right now i would maybe keep my celebrations to a minimum because none of those women had a good season right cam has shown herself to be potentially ineffective by not bringing it up on the trip stephanie should have said right. something brandy saying something at the reunion while crying like oh my god it's this is a terrible thing and i'm like in pain about it okay cool but y'all voted for trump so like what am, what are we even talking about and deandra has a vested interest in burying leanne and carrie people think is a good or uh, may have been a good housewife this season i completely disagree i think right. that her hatred for Leanne is hatred for Leanne, and that is something, but not everything. I need more to her story, and I do not care about her plastic beads. Right. So, like, kudos to you. I went to her website the other day, and they're like five hundred dollars, and I think that that is a really wonderful, optimistic way of looking at being a businesswoman. But like, I'm good. Like, you know, I, there was a jewelry store in Thera, um, Thayer Avenue in Providence called Beauty and the Beads that I used to go to a lot when I was thirteen, <laughs> and so if I was still there and beads weren't like a dollar for 60 like maybe I would be interested in carrying her brand but other than that like I'm good with you going goodbye Mm -hmm. um 
yeah, I think that Leanne done fucked up and it has been like we're now at the point where it is so obviously ugly that we're good and that there is no saving grace to this. And off you go. And if I was I would consider everybody else in Dallas on probation right now because there, you know, people reached out to me with satchels of like, why didn't Andy respond? And like, you know, why didn't the housewives respond in the moment when Vicky was saying all that bullshit? And, you know, I think it was so strange and so crazy when she was saying it in the moment that people were just kind of shocked right um it's not great that no one responded and stood up for Bronwyn or or un- understood how this was going to be received mm-hmm. by the Bravo community including a, a a significant um LGBTQ um population in that viewership mm-hmm. not 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 great but I also I it's like for whatever reason I don't begrudge him for that I think it, sometimes if you just like let that ugliness live there's like a little bit of a hope that people will see it as it is. And it came off as so completely insane that like, why pretend that it's factual? But yeah, ideally they should have. She was, but she was going off the rails in a way right. that it was just like, she was going off the rails about that. She was going off the rails about like everything. Years, Jesus. Yeah. Whatever so else. It's, it, it's a little different. Um, I do think that there, then I got a lot of satchels from people regarding this though. And regarding, Bravo's responsibility. Here's another satchel from Jen in Winnipeg, Canada. I have a thought satchel about all of the housewife franchises um, sparked by Vicky's behavior on the reunion. I wonder how the housewife's behavior, whether it be homophobic, transphobic, racist, gender biased, fat phobic. That's a, that's one that I haven't heard brought up. That Mm -hmm. is incredibly accurate. And any other uh, shout out to the married to medicine uh, reunion and any other shout out to Dr. Heavenly. You done fucked up there too. And any other disrespectful behavior um, rooted in privilege, and the inability to accept diversity and inclusiveness of all people in this world has an effect on Andy and the decisions to remain a part of the show. Something that hasn't sat well with me for some time is feeling like these inappropriate storylines um, rooted in cast members' inability to accept diversity in various ways are used to spark interest in certain franchises that maybe don't have the drama and plot they once did. To me, it feels irresponsible for Bravo and Andy to continue to give airtime and a platform for these women who display these types of severely inappropriate actions. I also couldn't believe Andy's lack of reaction as a member of the LGBTQ community toward Vicky. I respect every Everyone is entitled to their own reaction, feeling, and option, or maybe she meant opinion, and possibly it was the edit that felt off. I was just surprised he didn't react as strongly toward her homophobic actions as he has reacted to other topics in the past. He has been known to challenge housewives and ask the tough questions, and I feel like he gave her a pass, a big pass. I'm sure you'll discuss this on Andy's Girls. I just wanted to share my thought. Yeah, I I think in the moment sometimes it's hard to, and I'm not like defending anyone here, but... Vicky was focusing on the just like sex in general and yeah. like putting it all out there. So mm-hmm. like it could be hard in the moment if you're just listening to her to suss out that it actually was completely biphobic um, in the instance. And I think as viewers, we saw it obviously, but like sitting there, it's easier to call out her hypocrisy just in general when she like was taking off her top or like that kind of stuff, if that makes sense. So I see where he did call her out for things. He was like, there are montages that we can roll, but I think he himself maybe in the moment didn't connect the dots to it being um, 
problematic on that level. Yeah. What I would, my, I totally agree with you. And my response would be, what are the women saying now? I think like in the moment you're recording for 12 hours, how Mm -hmm. long it's more than nine. It's you're recording all day. She says, she said probably had said crazy, crazy shit for hours and hours and hours. And Andy knows that he is an executive producer for a reason. And he knows that, this stuff is going to be shown at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And he probably also saw her going off the rails and was like, this is kind of magical. Like it's, that's why I look at it. I have the privilege as a heterosexual of not feeling like I myself was challenged Mm -hmm. and targeted. And so I need to acknowledge that too. But I watched it and was like, she is so obviously insane. This is the dumbest, stupidest, most factually incorrect that they are going to show in these montages how like she's like just lying just for no reason Mm -hmm. at all like what colors the sky vicky it's orange because bronwyn's a hoe like so that i was watching this i'm like oh my god this is like magical in the sense that she has completely lost her marbles Mm -hmm. so when it comes to them not acknowledging it in the moment i think their responses which was like laughing it off was because they understood that it was crazy the fact that shannon liked that insta video though is not great to me because i'm you have the benefit not only of watching the show edited but of also watching viewers responses and i think friends gotta tell friends when they have fucked up and shannon wasn't doing anyone else anyone favors most especially herself by thinking that vicky's response was in any way accurate or correct right and there's a larger conversation about these people and their bad behavior and kind of where the line is. And I think it's, I think the good thing about the show is that they're just, they're displaying this, these people's bad behaviors in some way and they can be called out by fans and they can be called out by other people on the show. And when they're being awful, Andy will call them out to some level. It's just like, are they going to hold them more accountable nowadays after Leanne this Leanne situation yeah. after we see what happens to her. Cause I think that they have decided that this is Leanne crossed whatever imaginary line this is. And are they going to do a better job of uh, evaluating what that line is? Because people like Ramona Singer have mm-hmm. been saying awful shit for years and years and years. And behaving monstrously. Like what makes someone a monster? It's right. obviously being prejudiced is one thing and being like a nightmare as a person is another. And right. c- certain aspects are celebrated and certain, certain aren't. And these aren't entertainment shows at the end of the day. This is not morality court. So mm-hmm. I think Bravo's responsibility is standing up when there's something that is like completely undeniably racially inappropriate mm-hmm. prejudice or whatever else and for other situations they're just saying like this is why this person is kind of trash you know right. watch it tuesdays at 10 yeah and i think like they've done they've punished people for being violent in the past like Portia yeah. got docked a friend of for being mm-hmm. violent nini allegedly got a couple episodes where she wasn't being paid because she mm-hmm. got violent so maybe if whatever's they, happening in potomac with candace and Monique. yeah whatever's happening there so maybe if they start to take these like verbal awfulness things a little more seriously the way they do violence maybe that's a way to address it and really have these people learn from um what they did like Porsche I think had to go into anger management and Mm -hmm. I'm sure that Bravo made her do that if she wanted to keep her job so maybe it's something maybe it's that kind of course of action um and didn't Bravo pay for Kim Richards and Luann's rehab I know that Bethany sort of took kind of ownership of getting it for Lou for free but what I understood of the situation was that 
she probably arranged for it, but I think Bravo picked up at least some of that bill. I think that's what I heard as well. And like that kind of model makes sense for when these kind of things happen and addressing it and like moving on. Um, yeah. That being said, I think that the solution for Leanne is to get her off the show because <laughs> she doesn't seem to have learned anything from what she did. Well, Le- Leanne also runs up against the perfect storm, which is that it's inappropriate, but also this is an entertainment show and the show is no longer entertaining. Right. It's, it's like a drag. Dark. I said on IG the other day, I th- thought that I had watched and hated the Dallas reunion. I had completely forgotten. I've seen the trailer a couple times. Mm-hmm. I completely forgotten it hadn't aired it hadn't yet. It at all. I feel like I've already been through it and thought it was terrible. Not to say that that is wrong, right. but my God, I cannot believe that we have at least two parts ahead of us. It's because, have you noticed they've started making all of the reunion sets for each different city very similar to the years before? The new Dallas set looks just like it the other Dallas sets. Maybe it's me. because they brought them to New York to record. Yeah. So they're like doing what they can with what they have. Yeah, they refuse. Andy refuses to go to Dallas. I love it. I mean, I do. Each each set, like each franchise, has its own flavor. Mm-hmm. So Orange County is probably going to be like relatively bright, light. Atlanta is going to be like dramatic with mm-hmm. like, the, I think, the best outfits of any franchise. Jersey is as Jersey does. Beverly Hills is going to be like, she 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 yeah and new york they always like to name the place that they're yeah. having it <laughs> it's like always like a cultural we're like at the we're at like the financial museum and <laughs> we're on at the Wall bowery Street. yeah <laughs> i love that i know i love that too and then and dallas is as dallas does which is just kind of like a remodel of new york we're in queens somewhere <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I great satchels, you guys. I, I don't think there is an easy right answer. And I know that this is a conversation that a lot of people are having. I think specific to the Andy stuff, Bravo. I think Bravo did their job. And when it comes down to, I would think, to me, I think less about like, is Vicky being punished? Because I think she is because it looks like she's losing her job, which is completely her fault and not only because of her behavior on the reunion, but because the fact that she was like on her way out anyway, she was a friend of, but I also just, I would sort of push back and say like, it's less Andy to me and more Mm -hmm. like the cast members after the fact, like how are these cast members standing up for their friends or calling out craziness when it happens on social online, especially when they've had the benefit of hearing other reactions. Right. Right. And also, who are these people as people? Who are they surrounding themselves with? Leanne seems to be surrounding herself with people who are very interesting, whose ways of discussing this stuff online include saying that because she was talking about like a sex ring, this is some kind of vast conspiracy that Bravo might be involved with. Who is saying that? Your favorite wedding wedding planner. planner? Who has had a lot... And this other woman who created like good Christian bitches or whatever. I've Kim something. I've looked at both of their social medias and uh, Twitter accounts and they seem to be incredibly, incredibly protective of Leanne. And mm-hmm. I just think from like, again, a crisis calm strategy that you got to take some ownership of this. And then they've brought up the Eddie and Tamara stuff too. And like, right. why haven't people been called out on that in Orange County? And I just think, you know, I don't know. It's not not great. And I don't I don't I don't think this reflects well on Leanne. Um, But I don't know what could at this point if she's really 
not going to acknowledge why this happened. Yes, no self-awareness and wants to come across as like the best person in the world. And it's just not the truth. Yeah, you gotta, in order to take responsibility, you gotta take responsibility. Yeah. But I also say like, again, nobody in Dallas right now should be happy about this because y'all are in fucking trouble too. And right now, if Leanne's gone, they have like, their star is gone. She's all, she's been the star. Their Dallas star. Yeah. That she's been middle. Computer generated star that they hold. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Um, can I ask you a question? Sure. What happened with Kenya at that engagement? Do you think she did that on purpose or what? I think she did it on purpose. I think she likes to pull attention and she loves a stunt and she wanted to win the scene, you know? Do you think she did it because she was jealous of this happening or maybe distracted because of this <clears throat> strange letter that Nini wrote to Cynthia, a.k.a. Raider Online? This like very strange right. press release of a mazel. Do you think she did it to, uh, I don't know, create something for herself again or she did it? for the good of the show or what i think purely for the good of the show to create conflict i mean she's always been a stunt queen Mm -hmm. she's always been a prop queen Mm -hmm. she's always done it big so i think it was purely just one of her antics which i like her antics what's your favorite franchise to watch um right as of 2019 it was potomac but Mm -hmm. with like new york and atlanta being up there who had who if we're going to talk about all things end of year who had to you the most successful season i think potomac yeah i think potomac put itself on the map with Completely. bravo fans for yeah. the really the first time mm-hmm. and second time i would say but yeah sure. right but like in a major way where yeah, they decided way to like yeah. rush th- to production mm-hmm. whereas with potomac weirdly this is a phenomenon that i've been thinking about Potomac has been filming a season then waiting a really, really long time to air it. Mm -hmm. And I think they saw how people love Potomac. So they're like going as fast as they can to get through a season and put it up again. So your favorite season of any franchise for 2019 is Potomac? I think so. Yeah, I agree. What's your least favorite? I think we're going to say the same thing. Dallas or no. You know what? I got to say, I think Beverly Hills was worse. Right. Yeah. I They're mean, both shitty, but Beverly, although I got to walk it back, even saying it out loud, because I thought that breakup scene, um, the marital marital spat scene between LVP and her sister wife, Kyle, yeah. I thought was actually really powerful. I mm-hmm. thought the beginning of the season, I thought I was going to hate it. And then the first episode happened. I was like, holy shit, this is going to be great. And then it just took a t- complete nosedive. And I was annoyed by the fact that the women seem so self-satisfied, mm-hmm. kind of similar to Dallas when their queen left right. or the queen left because they thought they won. And I was like, no, no, no. I don't think anyone won, but the losers are definitely the viewers. Mm-hmm. I would say that's similar to what's happening in real time with Dallas. But I think the difference to me, the reason I think that Dallas was worse is because like Dallas was so just like so less established as a brand so that they like they had, two really great seasons and they needed like the next they needed season four we're Mm. on season four right i think so yeah they needed season four to keep that momentum but it just like didn't yeah and you know what thinking about it like lvp and kyle's breakdown was really actually kind of sad to me because Mm -hmm. they had that history and because it is an older franchise right and because they were 
sort of like not a family, but they were definitely like really close. So yeah, maybe Dallas was worse. I don't know. It felt they both felt kind of bad. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your favorite moment of 2019? In all any it? franchise. Um. Oh my God, that is a good question. I hate to stop. I hate to continue talking about um, Potomac, but that hoedown fight that they had mm-hmm. was pure greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will say, New York is always consistent mm-hmm. in that uh, the scene at, in Miami around the table when Dorinda slurring and like incoherent but not mean, and then Sonia falls Mm -hmm. and then Sonia's just like laying in bed with Bethany and then they all get into bed together at Mm -hmm. some point that's just Mm -hmm. like beautiful sisterhood that I will bring with me always um totes here you here are some listener guys this is what happens when you follow me on um ig and you send me your um, beloved response satchels here are some responses bethany hyperventilating in the restaurant with tinsley defending her potomac unseen production footage i screamed your husband's in the pool Mm -hmm. that's that was unbelievable i still that kills me and she's a fan who came on the show too yeah and made a great housewife and is fucking fantastic um emily tweeting at shannon and hashtagging frozen fish is riveting dorinda ramona and sonia arguing and slurring during ramona's event against abuse oh, oh my, my god, god. <laughs> that happened like that was the most awkward i can never watch that bridey, ever again bridey. i can never watch that ever again oh and none of those women took responsibility for how horrifyingly Wild. they behaved you know jill zarin was seen filming at that episode and yeah, she, she was there but she didn't make it onto screen sad. i'm not sure um the first thing that comes to mind is the entire miami trip luann not the shark room katie's mm-hmm. wig that's oh. good. Pig emoji, Sonia passing out, the montage of Vicky at the reunion, actually maybe just when she peed the bed. <laughs> Kelly describing Hamilton Hamilton as a big dick daddy. What? Like Hamilton. Yeah, I think she described Hamilton like Alexander Hamilton. Really? I, I want to say yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> Kelly versus Kathy at the fashion show all day, every day. When oh, An- my God. When Andy <laughs> wished Vicky farewell. Potomac and Candace's dinner. That was a highlight. Oh, yeah. uh, New York, Miami. I was conned. Um, Vicky. Ramona saying the demented zombie looked like Bethany crying. Anytime Portia spoke. Michael at the reunion getting dragged. Jennifer behaving uh, horribly in Oklahoma. You guys, this goes on and on and on. I can't do BravoCon. Okay, not not technically a franchise mm-hmm. moment, but certainly a lifetime highlight. Um, a lot of people saying Bethany. A lot of people saying Potomac. Um, a lot of people saying uh, drag me. I will drag you pregnant and all. Right. A lot of people saying Atlanta. Some wh- One of my low-key favorites, which someone said, Sonia and Ramona taking lobsters from Barbara's Clam Bake. Oh, my God. Phenomenal. As the personally the cheapest person of all time, I loved it. Someone said watching Vicky get herself fired. Um all good things. I don't have a favorite. I have to say that I, there were so many great moments that that mm-hmm. would be tough for me. I think your husband's in the pool was a great moment. I think Vicky with this was a great moment. I think as far as like what the fuck is happening, Miami, mm-hmm. the Miami meltdown was great. Although I don't think it was the greatest moment overall. Cause it was like, I I don't think it was like a laugh out loud right, <laughs> kind of stuff. Right. So it's hard for me to say that's like a favorite moment, although it certainly felt like a historic moment. Uh-huh. Um, 
Yeah, anytime Portia talks, I'm here to listen. Icon. Um, guys, I'm going to put up the holiday card that I sent um, around uh, to some folks on IG. That'll be our episode photo. Um, and I'm just going to say, if you like P money, you're going to like what I put and sent to people for um, Christmas. Mazel to everybody. Happy Hanukkah and Kwanzaa as well. Um, and Festivus. Let us not mm. forget for the rest of us. Um, so, yeah, I think that there were a lot of great moments. And I loved hearing from you because it also felt like a reminder of, um, you know, a reminder of kind of what we've watched this year. I felt like, you know, obviously there were some big lows, but there were also some really high highs, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, And if we're going to talk all things New Year's 2020, I asked the listeners on IG and I want to get your thoughts as well. Mm. The only New York, uh, New York, the only (laughs) New Year's Eve (laughs) resolution that counts. What's one change you'd make to any franchise? And here are some responses. Get rid of Leanne and Vicky. Um, more diversity on all the franchises, but especially New York. Get rid of the Trace Amigas. Um, bring back Megan King and Gretchen to Orange County. Bring Carrie with a C back. Fire Carrie with a K. More diversity on Dallas. More behind the scenes breaking the fourth wall. That mm-hmm. would be great. Uh, rebooting Dallas. Bringing back Heather Phaedra. I'm going to pretend I didn't see that. Eileen <laughs> and Taylor. Um, bringing back Caroline Manzo, getting rid of Vicky and Tamra, a lot of Vicky, a lot of getting rid of Vicky and Tamra, giving Dallas a 75% overhaul, firing Candace after this season of Potomac. Oh, because of the drama that's currently happening. That might be, that's something to figure. I I don't disagree with that. Replace Nini with Marlo, firing Vicky, firing Vicky, firing Vicky, firing Vicky. Um, Keep Rinna in Beverly Hills, but everyone else can go. Wow. Um, new girls, but at least 45 years old and up. Agree. Um, bring back LVP. I think that's a question to LVP. And <laughs> someone said, stop making them. Um, and on and on it goes. What's your resolution those, for 2020? Oh, my God. Those were so many good ones. So many good ones, right? Yeah. It's hard. I know. Because I have... Hmm. I think something involving OC, and I'm going to say, it was mentioned in here, bring back Heather Dubrow. Completely agree. And I would add, I would totally agree with that. And I would add on, if only Megan King, I think Megan King can fly in when Jim has the kids mm-hmm. and can do some work. I think right. she's a more successful version of whatever they're trying out with Brandy. Although I could be wrong, but I think let her give her a check and have her involved. She'll be the truth teller. She'll be in and out. And um, one more thing that I wanted to mention, because I think something, something's happening. They're doing something with Caroline Manzo because her and Teresa were spotted filming, filming a Super Bowl commercial in LA. It was a Super Bowl commercial. That's what I heard. For I, Bravo. I, I wanted to say that I heard it was hummus, but I think that I might be pulling that out of my ass. And I'm just thinking too much about Hanukkah and right now and like what I would like to eat. But um, I think it was hummus related or wow. some sort of snackable. Um, but yeah, they were filming together, sitting at a table. So anything is possible. If I was Dolores right now, I would be praying to fucking Santa Claus that Caroline comes back so that she has a real plot. Yeah. Because right now David is not enough. I know. As a partner and as a storyline. Um, Um, that would be great. Yeah. And did you listen to Caroline's 
Caroline, on Albie. On Albies, I whatever. Yeah. I was like, oh, I want you back in my life. Caroline, 45 minutes of fucking truth. Mm-hmm. I am ready for it. And yeah. I hope the rest of the cast is too. I think that they're having a, a really good season. Obviously, we watch um, Daniel Straub lose her fucking mind on this week's episode. And if you've seen production stills, there are four photos of her in the moment and through each like generation and, and single second on camera of grabbing um margaret's hair and like literally trying to rip the top half of her um face from the rest of her body and she is grinning it is the scariest (laughs) most dangerous thing that Mm. i've ever seen she's like literally grabbing and like had the glee in her face who called it i've said since day one that she's the crypt keeper of franken lakes and nothing positive can come from this and scared I'm scared, but also if we're going to talk about who to let go, I think that's it. Yeah. Um. Can I? Can we do one more thing before we say goodbye? Sure. I loved Andy's moment at the end of um Orange County, at the end of part three of the reunion, where he talked about like letting go and bringing in, like mm-hmm. letting go of one thing and bringing in for another. Sort of similar to the resolution for 2020. So can we go through each um franchise and yeah. just kind of decide amongst ourselves? what we should let go of what we suggest mm-hmm. that the franchise in and of itself let go of and then bring in okay let's start with orange county who do we think what do we think that orange county in and of itself should let go of and bring back in tamra barney judge <laughs> and then bring in heather DeBro. yeah i, I love think that kind of just that, yeah. yeah and and vicky has let herself go mm-hmm. so there we are with that um dallas sorry leanne I'm gonna leave you bye-bye and then bring in an established woman over 45 to be the new like star. We don't know what talent's down in Dallas and we deserve to see more. And I would say um, bring in a sit down conversation with the remaining cast to remind them what it means to be a housewife. Right. You don't get to say, I didn't want to bring it up on camera because <clears throat> I didn't want to ruffle our vacation to Thailand. You're mm-hmm. on a vacation to Thailand because your cast member's on a show. Talk about stuff. Let us not wait because we're seeing what happens when you do. Hire Bethany to go down and train them and teach them. Hire anyone. Yeah. Frankly. Totally. Um, Potomac. Oh, gosh. I mean... I guess goodbye to Katie, which I think is happening, and that's fine. I think they let go of her when they told her she wasn't going to be able to participate in the reunion. Yeah. And then... ruh To bring it... I mean, it's kind of a perfect show right now. I would say... Bring in... Oh, you know what? Bring in a cameo from some of the former Housewives of D.C., just to have them pop in. Oh, okay. It's like they're not Mikhail. No, but it's like their ten year reunion. I did stop believing. She's on tour with Journey, and I want her to stay on that She's journey forever. Very rich now. Good for her. Good for her. Um, but it's their ten year re- year reunion. We deserve. They deserve to get a little bit of love for it. Linda, what's her name? <laughs> <laughs> Linda and um her boyfriend. They broke up like oh, many sad. years ago. But um yeah, that was cute. <laughs> uh well, li- listen, Linda's like a model agent or something. She could go to the Bailey agency oh and <laughs> volunteer or whatever. Um, wait, which franchise? Potomac let go of um the idea that Michael Darby's assaults are entertaining. Oh yeah, and That's a good one. bring in. Charisse as um, a friend of. I feel like they're doing that. I don't know if they are. I've seen her in like social media posts, I feel like. And also like bring in Sarah's hope and uh, faith in the fact that Monique is not 
um, quitting the show. I'm concerned about the fact that she wasn't on the cast reunion. I hope that she was getting a timeout. I know that she and Portia are like doing cute things on the beach. And I think with their Cozumel, yeah. um, which I think is adorable, but like Monique, please don't leave. We need yeah. you desperately. And, um, and that's where we are. Atlanta, Atlanta, Nini, sorry. Goodbye. And then, um, let's bring in Claudia. I feel like she only got one season, but she was great. She was so great. She did not get the respect that she deserved. Yeah. And Claudia V. Kenya is something that I would love to see. And um, bring in a peach for Marlo. I think she deserves. Get rid of Nini <laughs> and give Nini's peach to Marlo, who's actually fucking working for it. Let go of the idea that it's okay to have friends of do all of the heavy lifting, lifting and, right. and let bring in at least a peach for Marlo. Tanya is just too much of a labradoodle for me. Oh, she's like, Tanya. she's so excited and so happy. <laughs> and it, I find her um, teeth work to be a real distraction, mm. but she is also seemingly very, very sweet and very happy. And maybe that lightness is really good. I love her so much. I would also say, yes. So I, I am overruling myself. I think, yes. And also, um, just bring in whatever Portia wants in her entire life for the rest of it. Just yes. whatever she wants at any time. I fully support her. I just want her to be happy. She is an angel sent from heaven. Agreed. Uh, Atlanta. Oh, no, we just did Atlanta. Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Um, bring in. In, or get rid of oh my god get rid of kyle richards i'm <gasps> sorry <laughs> no i don't know why i kind of am into i like kyle i like her bad sense of fashion and that she owns a store or a company or whatever i think she like thinks she's funny i i don't know i just feel like I she like is part of why the show hasn't been able to like yeah, no. move on she's a beta though we keep people expect her to be an alpha she's not an alpha she's right. a beta right but it was like because her first two seasons so much of her personal life shit came out yeah now she's so like closed up with yeah, all of that yeah. and it just like it's not great for the show all right bring in what bring in hmm I mean, I'm just interested to see what Sutton and Garcelle are going to bring. I mm. think that Sutton is poised to bring in some like... Yeah, she seems a little crazy, kooky right? energy. Yes, I'm into it. She's best friends with... What's her name? Um, speaking of Chucky, uh, Jennifer... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tilly. Tilly. Mm-hmm. And I know that Jennifer Tilly's kind of kooky, so... Yeah. and like a really good poker player. Right, right. Which I'm into. I- I'm ready Lady for baller. some kooky energy on Beverly Hills. Um, I would say let go. The let go to me is to the viewership, thinking that <laughs> LVP is a saint from heaven above and the franchise is nothing without her. Mm-hmm. If you are considering an individual housewife to be more important to the franchise, then you're watching the franchise incorrectly. And right. you should take some instructions. And those instructions are listening to Andy's Girls episodes 1 through 139. <laughs> um, and bringing in... Um, you know, some good drama. I don't have high hopes, but I don't know. I know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, New Jersey. Let go. Bring in. Oh, my God. Let go. Danielle, yep. stop. Yep, yep. Bring in. It's time for the ham game to return. Yeah. Throw some Carolyn. ham yeah. at the screen. Um, And finally... New York. It's holiness. New York City. I think actually what you said for Beverly Hills about LVP to get rid of the the fan, get rid of that attitude that one housewife will mm-hmm. be the end all. I think people need to get that attitude with Bethany. Mm-hmm. We survived for um, three seasons without her. Mm-hmm. Um, they were great seasons. They were different, but they were great seasons. Yeah, they're, they're, you can definitely rewatch them and ha- um, have a lot of enjoyment. Yeah. So that and then... Bring in, this is going to be a curveball. Heather Thompson. 
No. Oh. Um, that wouldn't be a curveball. That would just be completely obvious. Lu- <laughs> Luann's now former friend, realtor Anne, who... <laughs> the star of BravoCon. The star the of BravoCon. Just... The one who self-produced a taxi TV ad to find herself a man. I think that she... Why? I did not know that, would but I love it. ...would be a good addition. And apparently she filmed at the beginning of the season, but her oh. and Luann had a falling out over Barbara because... What? Realtor Anne and Barbara are very close friends. Wait, and that falling out was recorded on camera? I believe so. Oh, I cannot fucking wait. Or something happened. I know for a fact that Realtor Anne um, recorded at the beginning of the season at Tavern on the Green. Because mm. I follow her on Instagram. It's the best Instagram story follow. Oh my God. I swear to God. I need, so that's, well, what I need to bring in is following <laughs> the, our beloved Realtor, Realtor. to the stars. <laughs> um. I would say bring in a Greek chorus voice to the audience because mm-hmm. I'm very concerned that one is currently missing and let go of the idea that drunken rages um, will constitute a successful season just right. by going off of how the women are kind of giving a sneak preview to the show on social that might be because they're not inherent producers. Um, so maybe I should take it with a grain of salt, but mm. I am slightly nervous that they think that like just getting shit faced and yelling at each other um, is what makes New York great. And that's right. not it. So right. uh, cautiously optimistic, right. heavy on the cautious. And one more bring in, bring in someone else to run Dorinda's social. Cause it's like so weird. Dorinda um, yelling at a fan whose artwork she used without oh, informing them at merch? BravoCon merch was a look I don't want to say that I disliked it because I thought it was hilarious mm-hmm. but it was definitely poorly um executed I and know strategized. I love she's one of them that I love so much but I've, she's got some flaws <laughs> do you think that her um breakup with John is a real breakup or do you think she was doing that to avoid having to interact with him on the season or to give herself a storyline I kind of hope it's a real breakup I want to yeah. see her like have a new fresh start yeah. in Sutton Place Walking f- mm. to the bakery, to the cheese shop. Yes. Our own personal bell from Beauty and the Beast. God bless. Well, <clears throat> much like a Disney movie, this was a piece of cinema history, <laughs> audio entertainment history that I will carry with me into the AG archives. Brenda Davis, tell the people um, how to listen to Come Through Queen and follow you on social. Yeah, so it's just Come Through Queen, C O M E. T-H-R-U and then the word queen on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at not Brendan. That's B-R-E-N-D-A-N. Um, <laughs> That's such a good handle. I'm obsessed with I, that. I'm like trying to get at Brendan Davis, but this Australian has been holding on to it without tweeting for years and years and years. So I have at Sarah Galley and then on IG, I remember signing up my IG account way back when as at Sarah Galley and then I changed it to at Dame Galley mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get at Sarah Galley back so I can have consistent social handles and I can't get it. And it's like some random fucking like spam company that has never posted, I believe. Yeah. So if you work at the social companies, get us yeah, our can handles. Someone, and Greg Bennett doesn't count unless <laughs> you're Greg Bennett and you're listening. But can someone get me some access on Instagram so I can like get at Sarah Galley back? Because I would really love that. Great. Guys, I just want to say um, 
I am so appreciative uh, every week, but especially this holiday week, because it really makes people think about what matters. And I just want to say thank you for supporting Andy's Girls, because you all have followed um, some of your OGs of the AG and have been with the show and, and with me through many journeys, starting with episode one. And the show just started as me inviting my pal D- uh, Damien over to my apartment pressing record on a shitty camera that I re- uh, shitty recorder that I refuse to replace for like at least a million episodes and just kind of talking about what matters. And, you know, people used to call and sometimes still do call housewives a dirty little secret, but it's not a dirty little secret. I think it's an experience and something in a community that we all share. And if there's one thing that I really learned from BravoCon, it is like the glory of being in a room where we're all on the same page and all speak the same language. And I just want to thank you guys for listening and supporting um, this podcast that's cough, um, hint, hint free, and letting you know that I'm interested in maybe starting a Patreon to connect with you guys um, in the new year. So follow me on social. Let me know your thoughts and feels on this episode. And let me know if you'd be interested in a Patreon, because I think it's another way to support um, the pod that would mean a lot to me and another way for for me to get um, exclusive content to um, to you, and I just want to say thanks, guys. Like I really, um, it's um, it can be a little bit of work, you know, um, but it is a passion project, and you know, I don't take for granted that um, I have all of you guys listening um, every week and uh, meeting and hearing from different people at housewife events and, and online. I don't take that for granted. And I just wanted to say thank you. There's a lot of podcasts that um, you could listen to and that I encourage that you do. And I'm, I'm so appreciative that Andy's Girls is, um, is one of them. So thanks, guys. Happy New Year. Um, give Jill an apple. I'm going to show the folks my holiday card, which is related to that last point. And um, we'll kiki with you guys in the new year. And thank you so much for being on the show. You are a complete delight. And you get back every day. Of course. Bye, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Happy 2020. Bye-bye.